your noontime look at the financial world. What's trending in Chicago business? The midday numbers. John has the Wintrust Business Lunch now. That's right. I'll teach you more money, too, here on the Wintrust Business Lunch. I appreciate you joining us. 312-981-7200. Texts are rolling in. Phone lines are open. It's much better to hear your voice. It's always great to hear Terry Savage's voice. Hey, Terry, how are you? Hi, John. Always love doing this. Yeah, this is always fun, and you're going to be with us here for most of the show today, which just means plenty of time for people to chime in, huh? Love that. Absolutely. You Questions. Feel, yeah, you feeling good, by the way? Eight Street Weeks, and uh, I don't know. You always start thinking in the back of your head. You're like, wait, is this too good to be true? The markets? Yeah. They are. You can ring the cash register. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. A year ago, you know, every year I do this January economic forecast luncheon with some of the smartest minds in town Mm -hmm. for the Executives Club. That's coming up in January 9th. Dr. Bob Fralick, who has been bullish at correct, shockingly so. I mean, not that he shouldn't be so smart, but that he's been so bullish. And last year, John Rogers of Ariel was very bullish. And yet, I don't think anyone thought that by the end of the year, the market would be making new highs. Yeah, no, right. And uh, I don't know if we'd cross that threshold for the S&P 500 today. I know we were close. The Dow we're very close. Yeah, we're certainly there. Uh, and even like, Terry, I don't know if eight weeks ago anyone thought that. We had retreated back from some of our highs in the middle of the year. And uh, this rally didn't come out of nowhere. Obviously, people are t- thinking the Fed is done or know they're done and essentially and going to be lowering rates. There's motivation to it, but... I don't even think two months ago people would have thought you'd be here. There were some bulls. Nobody believed him. There was a lot of discussion about recession. I worried about it. I don't see my job as calling the stock market. Right. But I do like to keep people on track financially. And one of the great concerns I've had was that consumer credit card debt rose to over a trillion dollars for the first time. That was a few months back. Now, we just had a report, I'm going to find it today, that said, actually, consumers did not increase credit card debt that much over the holiday. came out of a lending tree, I think it was. And that was surprising. But mm-hmm. you know where I think it all went? You know Klarna and all those other places where you can separate your purchase into four payments? That doesn't show up as credit card debt. Yeah, so, so people using those pay see, later. People yeah. still could be in trouble. Yeah, I know, and I've been re- reading about the debt a lot, too. I did see one report that says that actually when you tie it to income and inflation, it's not as bad as it looks, but I don't care. You cross over a trillion dollars in debt, and people are going to have to pay that off, and the rates are astoundingly high still for credit cards. Oh, those won't come down quickly. No. <laughs> no <those aren't. laughs> it's over 20% now, but many people paying 26 27 28%. Right. Now, that is digging yourself a deep hole. All right, we got some calls. We got a lot of text, too. Let's go to Carol. Carol, uh, what do you got for Terry? Hey, Carol. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a question uh, to ask. Uh, are the IRS um, tax rate schedules uh, still uh supposed to be phasing out uh, for 2025 and the rates are going to go up and if so should i be looking at my portfolio for some some things that are just didn't bounce back as well as some of my other investments in, in the portfolio to see to sell them off this year at a lower tax rate interesting question carol it is an interesting question and this the, the savage truth is nobody has any idea what will happen there are various things about estate planning and so forth that are scheduled to phase out in 2025 when the deal was made four years ago but we don't know who will be in control of congress what the priorities will be so i always suggest that you invest for the long term and don't 
Well, don't reorganize your portfolio for taxes in the future because you have no idea what it'll turn out to be. All right. Yeah. And uh, the one thing that I was thinking, Terry, is if those laws do revert, you'll be happy if you have more in a Roth (laughs) than an IRA. I mean, that could be just to play with those buckets of tax, you know, different differentials to at least have some in a Roth. Right. So you don't have to worry about it. This requires a lot of study because it depends on when you do a Roth conversion Mm. and whether you have extra money outside your IRA to pay the taxes now and whether you want to give up that money now to the government because you believe tax rates might be higher in the future. So if you wait till you're already on Medicare, for example, that conversion will add to your ordinary income that year and it will raise your Medicare Part B and D premiums. Mm. So this is not just a question of, uh, do I want to pay the taxes now or later? Okay. If you don't have money outside your IRA to pay the taxes, then you're not getting the full benefit going forward of tax-free growth if you have to use some of the money to pay taxes sense. to do the conversion. So it's a multi-pronged kind of decision thing, and you need professional help, in my opinion. 6 Rio texted and Terry Savage, we have the good fortune of inheriting two hundred grand. Three quarters of that is taxable. We get a K-1. Do you recommend on how we might invest this? And Terry, I asked follow-up questions because I knew you'd have them. I wanted to know if they had an emergency fund in their age. They say they're retired, 70. They have a pension. They have that emergency fund. So, Terry... We'll get to that after a break, okay? Okay. <laughs> That's a tease. But I always want to ask follow-up questions because I know what you're going to wonder. So, Well, you and I are always on the same track. Yeah, you know that, Terry Savage. The great Terry Savage answering more of your questions, including that one. First, let's get a look at the markets and the weather with uh, Ron Brown. Okay, the weather. Uh, today, mostly cloudy with a high of 43 degrees tonight. We're expecting mostly cloudy skies, a 20% chance of rain, snow possible with a low of 33. Tomorrow, there is a 70% chance of rain, and there's still some snow possible, but our high tomorrow will be 41 degrees. As far as the markets, everything is in the green right now. The Dow Jones is up 130, uh, 131 points. The S&P 500 up 7.5 points. And the NASDAQ is up 29 points right now, John. WGN traffic, an accident on the inbound Dan Ryan Express Lanes approaching the Chinatown feeder is blocking the left lane. It's also causing a delay which starts all the way back at 47th Street. There's also a delay in the local lanes between 43rd and the feeder. Your inbound trip is taking you 26 minutes to get from 95th Street to downtown. Outbound is 19 to 95th. And the inbound Stevenson is taking you 33 minutes to get from 355 to DuSable Lakeshore Drive. Outbound is 30 to the tollway. I-55 in Will County is clear. Gabe Salgado, WGN Traffic Central. It's always the right time to visit Lake Geneva. Enter to win the ultimate Lake Geneva getaway valued at more than $1,400, including a two-night stay at the historic French Country Inn, plus dining, shopping, and more. Visit WGNRadio.com slash contests. <laughs> Long day. Time to charge up. Hey, just like my delivery truck. <laughs> Even kids know to keep business moving forward, it's time to make the switch to electric vehicles. <laughs> Whether you have one van or a whole fleet of trucks, resources are available to help you make the changes that make sense. Let's go! Beep, beep! <laughs> go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. 
advertising materials. Zimmerman Reed of 1100 IDS Center, 80 South 8th Street, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55402. Consent is not a condition of purchasing goods or services. Attention all rideshare and food delivery drivers. If you are a current or former rideshare driver, listen closely as you may be entitled to significant compensation. That's right. If you drove for a rideshare or food delivery service any time in the past three years, you may be entitled to significant cash for unpaid wages and mileage. Text LABOR to 323232 right now to see if you qualify for compensation. That's LABOR to 323232. Rideshare and food delivery services may be in violation of federal and state employment laws. If you were a rideshare or food delivery driver part-time or full-time anytime during the last three years, you may be entitled to significant compensation. Text LABOR to 323232 now to see if you qualify for compensation. Hurry, time is limited, so text the word LABOR to ทางสายพันธุ์ของสายพันธุ์ของสายพันธุ์ของสายพันธุ์ของสายพันธุ์ของสายพันธุ์ของสายพันธุ์ของสายพันธุ์ของสายพันธุ์ของสายพันธุ
let's back up. What's the worst thing that could happen to you in your 70s that could devastate all your financial plans and really mess up your retirement years? And that would be the need for long-term custodial care which is something Medicare does not cover. We're not talking about skilled nursing care, which after you've been admitted to a hospital for three days and then they need to send you somewhere but you need an infusion or whatever it is, then Medicare will cover up to 100 days. But we're just talking about stroke or Alzheimer's or something like that. So one of the things they might want to consider since they didn't have some money before is buying a combination Life Long-Term Care Insurance Policy. Now, unlike the ones I talked about for years and bought for myself, this is not one where you pay the premium every year and it goes up. We never thought that would happen. The insurance companies said, wait, they had years of low interest rates. They went to every state regulator and said, we're going out of business, despite our big buildings and our commercials, um, and you have to let us raise rates. But the new policies are combo. And you pay either all at once, a lump sum of maybe 100000 going in, and it provides long-term care with inflation protection, and the vet premium can never go up. But if you don't use it, then your beneficiary will get the death benefit, which is significant. The only way to find out about those, you can go to terrysavage.com and just put long-term care insurance in the column search box, or Gordon Associates. I'll give you, I give out numbers. This is not a commercial. Yep. These are the people I trust. Gordon Associates out here, the suburbs, 800 533 I know that by heart because I recommend them all the time. There we go. So, by using some of that 200 grand for that care, you're potential, it's an investment. You're saving yourself from potentially something damaging to your retirement savings in the exactly. future. Exactly. And it could cover both your lives. You know, the latest studies show that once you're over 65, the odds are greater that you will need some form of long-term care than that your house will burn down. But you don't say, well, long odds, I'm not going to have homeowners insurance. So this was a lucky strike extra. And if you're 70, you know what that means. (laughs) That they that they got this extra money. They seem to have had a good financial plan, a good lifestyle, so maybe take half the money after taxes and um, do this kind of a purchase. It won't give you pleasure right now, but if you need it, boy, it will be a lifesaver. For sure. Let's go to the phone lines. Karen's got a question. Hey, Karen, what do you got for uh, Terry? Hi. Um, I am 60 years old. I have not received a tax refund from the IRS or the state of Illinois since 2017. So I filed my 2016 tax. No, I didn't file those until later because I was paralyzed and in the hospital and Right, sorry to hear that. that. So you so, are so you're due a return and you haven't gotten it, a refund or I, you just... I have not gotten them so we filed late but I have not gotten them, gotten any refunds since 2017. Sorry, I'm following up. Do you, were you told you were due one? Like you worked it all oh, out? Yeah. And, okay, that's what yeah, I'm trying to get yeah. at. You're, I just was I wondering if you were curious whether you were due one and you didn't get it or whether you're just like, why aren't I getting a refund anymore? Terry, is there any place that they can look for that stuff? Yeah, did you? One more question. Who filed this for you? Was it filed electronically? And did you file them all at once the years you missed? 
So, yes, it was filed by a CPA who is a friend of mine. It was filed electronically. Mm. I have all the paperwork. She tried to call. I've tried to call. I've given it to friends. I've tried, you know, people at the library. Nobody can get anything. And I just keep hoping every year that I'll get it. But I had to claim bankruptcy because I use my tax refund. I only make $20,000 a year. So I use my tax refund to pay my ever-growing Cook County taxes on the house that I own outright. But they were going to take my house. Oh boy! And so this is the essential only thing stuff. I okay. could do was to claim bankruptcy in order to save my house. Right, Karen. I'm going to put so you on hold. I get the money. Yeah, yeah. No, I. I, you know, I hear you. It's essential, Terry. Any other thoughts? Except yeah, calling. I, I do, know. and I'm trying desperately to find the number, Office of Taxpayer Assistance. You can look at during the, the IRS. years if you need to. You too. need to file Form nine one one. I remember the form number. That's an easy one, and you're. CPA should have done that already. Um, I mean, we don't have any taxpayer... Coming up soon, there will be taxpayer assistance centers opened. That'll be in February. I think your preparer should walk into one of those offices with you, or you should go along with all your papers. That usually starts in February. But in the meantime, go to irs.gov and look up taxpayer assistance. It's the old ombudsman's office. That's a that's a that's harder than vestibule, Terry. To yes. say ombudsman, ombudsman and yeah. vestibule. Yeah. Let's see if we can get one more call in here before the news. Let's go to Dave. Dave, you're on WGN. What are you thinking? What are you wondering? Dave, oh, I got to turn this button on. Hold on, Dave. Start over. On your Sorry. Part, hey, Dave. On Dave. your Medicare Part B, like you were saying, if you go over the limit, you make too much. Do they charge you that premium every year? Even if your your salary goes down, or or your income goes down, or does that automatically revert where you get the lower rate? Is my question. Terry? It may not okay. revert to get the lower rate unless you file. It's called IRMA, I R M A A. It's the income related monthly adjusted amount, and if you make significantly more than the base level, you will pay three times as much for a Medicare premium every month. So you, they look back two years, by the way. So for your 2024 Medicare premiums, they will use your 2022 income tax return. And if it was a one-year thing, you can then subsequently apply for relief from IRMA. And you go to irs.gov and put in IRMA, I-R-M-A-A, relief, and you'll find the form to request a, a reduction. All right. That's good news for Dave. Okay. Uh, we got a lot of questions coming in the text line. Phone line's open, too, now. 312-981-7200. I got a couple texts that you're going to want follow-ups, I'm sure. But someone wanted to know, should I renew my $250,000 12-month CD, or should I wait uh, and they they did check check back in saying it's it's like extra side money for them. So renew a CD for a quarter million dollars, Terry? Well, I think rates are going down for the next four or five months. So I don't know when that CD matures, but you have to wait till maturity and you'll see what the rates are. You know, interest rates come down faster at banks than they do anywhere else because mm-hmm. the banks know they can get away with it. But but the 10-year treasury today is down well over a percent and a quarter from what it was just a month ago. The six-month treasury was over five and a half. It's now about five and a quarter. So when that matures, you'll see what the rates are. 
maybe you want to extend for a little bit longer maturity. But it looks like the Fed thinks they've got inflation under control. The market thinks the Fed thinks so. So they think that the Fed will be cutting in two or three months. They say it matures in two weeks. Yeah, look at the rates. Oh, in two weeks? Yeah. Absolutely roll it over. And you, did you, it was a CD or T bill? CD. Okay. You well, I would a get, the C- highest... yeah, get a treasury bill, yeah. Well, if it's a CD, I would lock it in. You can afford to lock it in for two years. I would uh, look for a rate. At 5%, and I'd be willing to lock it in Shop around. for two years at 5% if you could get that, or 5% plus. Terry's got a question. Well, go on. Did you Wait, can, can I do one thing first? You can do this whatever you important. want, Terry. All right. We're talked about interest rates. Yeah. And I want to make this clear, because a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, I said, don't settle for one and a quarter percent in your bank. Here's how to buy treasury bills. And I wrote... And you can still find it on terrysavage.com. On the right-hand side, there's a box that says how to buy treasury bills direct from the government. They are rates set at auction every week. I mentioned that the six-month uh, T-bill rates dropped a little bit from over five and a half to about five and a quarter. Someone asked about CDs. So I went on to bank rate. And I'm looking at the difference between one-year rates, which they quote, and three-year rates. At the best rates they're finding for three years are just under 5%. 4.85. These are a lot of these are internet banks, but FDIC insured. The one-year rates, you can still find well over 5% hmm. for a CD. You have to understand that rates aren't just rates all the way across. Longer-term rates are coming down because the prospects for inflation are coming down. When short-term rates come down and long-term rates come down, banks will drop their CDs quickly. So if you want to tie up money for longer than six months, for a year or maybe two years, then you want to go for a CD of that maturity and try and get about 5%. I, I don't know, but I think you'll be okay with that. You don't want to break a CD in the middle and take a penalty. So you don't do this with all your money. You right. leave some in a money market or some in a three or six month CD if you have a shorter term or might have a shorter term need for it. Yeah. Look at the rate. Look at how much liquidity you think you'll need and don't overthink it. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I mean, we, we want to Nobody think about it, sure. but like you don't know for sure. And T-bills, if you're worried about liquidity, you can get a 13-week one. You can get an eight-week one. You can get a four-week one. Or the CDs lock them in longer. Why am I giving advice to Terry Savage? I don't know. But I've learned no, a no, lot. We're, I said we're always on the same page, John. I love that. 309. Question for Terry. We've received three data breach letters from different businesses over the past month. Three for my husband. Three for myself. I'm monitoring the letters that we received months ago. Well, I want to be safe. Do I need to monitor each of them? You know, how No, long but they- here's what you need to monitor. First of all, everyone should assume that their information, some of it, some significant information, is for sale out there on the dark web. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's out there. So there's a couple of things you can do. And again, um, on the front page of terrysavage.com, there's identity theft do this. What you would do is preemptively freeze your credit report. That prevents anyone from opening a new account in your name. Number two, you get a free credit report every year from the three major bureaus. So stagger looking at them. You look at them online very securely by going to annualcreditreport.com. But the next thing, and this is my next column coming up, is you need to be online with your bank accounts 
and your credit card accounts. And every week, make it the first thing you do on Monday morning. Yep. Just take a look. Your, for instance, if you have a Chase Bank credit card, it'll show up with your checking account, your money market account, your credit card account. Does it look right? Is there anything charged on there that's wrong? Make sure you have a list of your banks and credit cards and check them out at least once a week. Report any activity immediately. The banks are getting very tough on repaying you. They've decided that if you did anything that could be construed as having participated, given out your PIN, uh, gotten a call from someone who said this is XYZ Bank, we're checking on your account. And even though it shows up on your phone, fraud department, XYZ Bank, you should hang up and call back using the toll-free number on the back of your credit card or your bank's toll-free number because this is a growing, spoofing, phishing theft that's just gotten out of hand yep. and the banks are not reimbursing you. Terry- if you inadvertently, even though you looked and it said there, oh yeah, it's the fraud department, must be them, people are just getting ripped off. Yep. I was just going to say that, Terry, I have had so many of those letters or compromised this, and I even got like free protection from one major... I just froze my credit, and I will unlock it, and I did when I went to buy my house. I unfroze it all for them to run their reports, and I refroze it. Like, Exactly. Why not just have your default until you need it be frozen? I know it's been a big business for a long time to sell you protection against identity theft. But the fact is, no one can protect you against theft. What most of those things do is warn you, just like getting a letter. Well, just assume you've been warned. Everybody, assume you've been warned. And then they help you maybe restore your credit with some help on the process of contacting all your creditors. But by that point, you're so aggravated that having paid for insurance for five years and never used it, uh, I'm not sure it's worth it. Yeah, I agree. Terry, it's been so great to chat with you. Happy uh, almost New Year, and uh, we love having you on, as always. Happy New Year. A prosperous one to everyone. i just leave you with just a quick thought before you go to commercial, mm-hmm. John. Mm-hmm. We've had an incredible year this year. Uh, let's leave politics aside. I'm talking about the financial markets closing near highs, interest rates remaining high, benefiting savers who don't want to take risk, mortgage rates coming down so home buyers can buy again inflation coming down. Uh, that doesn't mean prices are going down. It means they're not going up as quickly. So we, we should count our financial blessings. And you still have time to make it a charitable contribution to the charity of your choice before the year ends. If, and if you're not itemizing, it'll make you feel good. Just count your blessings, share your good fortune, and best wishes for a very happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. Well said, Terry. Talk to you soon, Thanks, okay? John. It's the Winter's Business Lunch, John for John. Yesterday on your Money Matters, it was a Mesero Monday, even though it was Tuesday. And uh, I'm just going to further confuse myself to say it's a Mesero Wednesday now, as we have Bill Robbins joining us in studio from Mesero to chat through some things. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, thanks, John. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you, too. And you come at a great time. We have Social Security questions galore, as always. And we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that retirees are going to be getting uh, this next year and uh, some of the more complicated issues of things. You ready to dive right in? Sounds good to me. So next month, 
What's the what's the increase that retirees are going to be getting? So each year, Social Security will give you a raise on your Social Security based on the rate of inflation for the previous year. Uh, next year, we're going to get a 3.2% raise, which will automatically go into effect in January. And that's on top of the 8.7% raise we had for 2023 that went into effect last year. All right. Is anything offsetting this? Are there fees in other places so we shouldn't celebrate too much too soon? Well, much of the Social Security program is indexed to inflation, including the med- Medicare premiums. So for the people who pay the standard Medicare premium, uh, they're going to see that that rate goes up by about $10 per month. Uh, The typical retiree is going to pay Medicare premiums about $175 per month in 2023. So you'll still get more than $10 raise on your Social Security. The average recipient will get a raise of about about $50 and maybe a little bit less after the Medicare premium. All right. So the government gives you 50 extra bucks and then you give 10 back to the government for the Medicare. Okay. This leads me to a question we had on the text line. When I review my projected earnings at full retirement, it never seems to change when they announce a cost of living increase. Do you need to be collecting in order to get those increases? How does this work? No, everybody benefits by the COLA adjustment that um, is earned every year with Social Security. It's just when you're not receiving the benefit, the, the formula they use to to have it translate to your actual retirement income is a little bit different. So keep in mind that your Social Security is ultimately based upon your highest 35 years of earnings. Those earnings are adjusted every year for the reported inflation. So it does take some time for the inflation rate to um, trickle through the cycle and, and show up on your estimated benefit statement. I know there's a lot of complicated things with Social Security. You can't possibly answer them all now. The 309 had a question about how they're 66. They started drawing on their deceased spouse's, spouse's Social Security at 62. Is there a good time to necessarily draw on mine? And will I lose his if I draw on mine? It's hard to answer these specifically. It really is. You know, Social Security provides three primary levels of benefits that you can you can earn at any one time, but you only can get one at a time. Uh, the survivor's benefit is what you're speaking of. You can also get your own worker's benefit or your own spousal benefit if you... Um, didn't earn enough of your own credits, and you wanted to rely on uh, your spouse's income for your benefit. Choosing which one is going to be a, a unique situation based on, you know, the length of time in the workforce, what your cash flow needs look like, and what your um, your expected you know longevity might be based on family history and factors like that. But you do lose the deceased spouses if you start collecting yours. Yep, you can only receive one benefit at a time. Okay. As you start to try and determine, Terry Savage, who was just on, always says to try and delay Social Security as long as you possibly can, you get more out of it. That always fires up the text line. So taking that out of the equation, what are things that people need to consider when they're thinking about what is now the time to start collecting? Well, it's a lot of people don't really know their options and how it all fits together. And sure, if we lived in a perfect world and we had clarity on how long you're going to live and had the ability to defer that income, that, that cash flow you might need to live on, in most cases, it does make sense to wait. But you can take it as early as age 62 if you chose. It's just that you'll have a permanent reduction of that benefit amount, but you'll receive it for a longer period of time. You can take it at 66 or 67 based on your normal retirement age, or you could take it at age 70. Which combination that you and your spouse would elect really is a personal choice based on the length of time you've had in the workforce, what your cash flow needs are, and you know maybe the relationship of your age versus your spouse, because it was, as you mentioned a, a moment ago, one of the benefits you could receive is a survivor's benefit that would be based upon your, your deceased spouse if... Um, 
one of your partners passes away before the other. Right, for sure. So there's a lot to consider. Broadening out 30,000 feet, how is our Social Security system faring in terms of how, if there's going to be money left at the end? Well, it could be improved. Um, you know, it's a, a pretty hot-button issue, and there's a lot of different um, considerations that the legislatures are looking at to make sure that, that Social Security is solvent for our generation and the next. Um, as it currently stands... The Social Security trustees um, currently estimate that the trust fund, the the assets backing the ongoing payments of Social Security, is going to be exhausted by 2033. Hmm. And at which point, if they don't make a change, um, only about three quarters, about 77% of the promised benefits will have um, ongoing funding from taxes to to. Uh, provide for it. Right. It felt better when it was more than a decade away. But as we switched to 2024, we are now well under a decade and nine years. And again, that's not downing, draining it to zero, but that's lessening benefits. I will get, I can guarantee a text saying that this is a right-wing lie. (laughs) This is not a right-wing or a left-wing issue. This is a financial uh, dollars and cents thing. These are facts and they're reported every year by the trustees of the the trust fund for Social Security and Medicare. And they give us an ongoing running tally and uh, so far their their estimates have held true. Um, It's not without, um, not all is lost. There are different solutions that people could put in place to bring the program up to solvency. Um, as you might know, Social Security is paid for predominantly by FICA taxes, which are shared equally between an employee and an employer. Um, they're currently uh, about 12.4% shared equally between both the employer and employee. If each of those parties was able to increase their taxes by about 2.5%, we could get the the program on much more sound footing, maybe even having the trust fund last until nearly the end of uh, this century, to 2097 is what the estimates say. Right. There's a lot of things they can do. They haven't quite touched them all yet. By the way, people having questions, I know they can reach out to Mesero directly, and you'll be happy to walk people through these things, right? Of course. one eight seven seven Mesero M-E-S-I-R-O-W dot com. Bill, we got a lot accomplished there in seven minutes. Nice work, my friend. Good to talk to you. As always, let's take a break. That'll do it for the Winter's Business Lunch.